Hey there, this is Christian from The Liberators. Welcome to another episode of our podcast. I'm sitting in my office, my home office. It's dreary outside. It's a Friday morning, um, but I really wanted to record a podcast. And this one is the second one in a series of two about conflict and how to navigate it more effectively. And in this episode, we're going to talk about different conflict styles and specifically what science has to say about this. In the previous episode, we talked about how conflicts in groups are often invisible elephants. Instead of what we expect conflict to be like, which is raised voices and slamming doors, conflicts are often subtle and take place below the surface of the waterline. Like a team where everyone feels they are contributing more than the others, or one person who feels they can get their voice in because another person is claiming all the airtime in their conversations. In the previous episode, I also dived into some of the research that shows how even light levels of conflict, even moderate levels, can cause team productivity to drop, as members are increasingly occupied with the fallout of their conflict. In this episode, we're going to explore what scientific research tells us on how you can navigate conflict more effectively. Now, throughout this episode, we'll be referencing scientific research. And in this case, we're really talking about scientific studies where the authors of the studies have created different setups, different scenarios to confirm or falsify hypotheses that they have about how people deal with conflict. If you want to dig deeper into that research, please check out the original blog post for this episode. It's in the show notes. It has the references at the bottom. It makes it easy for you to verify, to check or to dig deeper into the claims that we're making in this podcast. Conflicts are about unmet needs. One question that often pops up is, when is something actually a conflict? One distinction that's commonly made is between conflicts that are disagreements on how to proceed on a shared task, and conflicts that are about feelings of animosity with another person. But this distinction is not as clear-cut as you think, as even a difference of opinion can be taken very personal very quickly. A simpler way to understand conflict is to understand it in terms of unmet needs. Some needs are very tangible, such as a salary raise or getting something that is owned by someone else. Or it may be about getting someone to see your point of view. But most conflicts in our day-to-day life are about unmet social needs. The need to be seen and respected by others, to be accepted, to be heard and listened to and to feel valuable. The extent to which they manifest are deeply personal and influenced by our culture, our personality, our history, and the history that we have with the people that we're in conflict with. These conflicts are often hard to see and often experienced acutely by one party, but not by all the parties involved necessarily. Although light conflict or moderate conflict is not necessarily cause for alarm, scientific research does overwhelmingly show that all but the lightest levels of conflicts already have a negative effect on the productivity of teams. This means that the ability to effectively navigate conflict is a critical skill for any group of people to learn if they want to work together productively, because as we already talked about in the previous episode, conflict is a part of work. It's a natural part of collaborating with other people. So whether you like it or not, conflict will happen. It's inevitable. How can we navigate conflict? When we find ourselves in conflict with the needs or goals of others, there are different styles for how to navigate it. 
In the past decades, social and organizational psychologists have converged predominantly on a model that is called the dual concern model. It states that when we find ourselves in conflict, two aspects determine how we approach it intuitively. The first is our ability to assert our own needs, and the second is our ability to empathize with the needs of others. Based on these two concerns, five different styles emerge. The first style is called avoidance, and this happens when we withdraw from the conflict. It can be done actively by changing the subject or by physically moving away. But avoidance can also be done passively by not talking about it, by trying to remain neutral or by avoiding certain people, relationships or hot topics. Another style is called yielding, and this happens when we give in to the other for the sake of harmony. This is usually driven by a fear of conflict and how hurtful they can be. But yielding can also take the form of understating how a conflict affects you by smoothing it over or by maintaining an often fake sense of calm. A third style is called forcing. And this happens when we force our own needs onto the other by taking a more aggressive stance with the aim to win. This can take the shape of putting pressure on others, issuing threats and ultimatums, insulting them or even using physical violence. And a fourth style is called problem solving or integration. And this happens when we seek con to resolve conflict in a way that meets the needs of both parties. It takes the shape of actively confronting the conflict together and openly talking about it. By objectively evaluating different viewpoints and experiences, we often find entirely new and creative solutions or just common ground. And finally, there is a conflict style called compromise. And this happens when we basically give everyone involved part of what they want, but not enough to make them truly happy with the outcomes. And this style risks being a lazy form of the integration style that we talked about before. The dual concern model for conflict gives us two axes. The horizontal axis is your ability to assert your own needs, which can range to, from very low to very high. The vertical axis is your concern for the needs of others, which also ranges from low to very high. In the lower left quadrant, we find the avoiding style, where you essentially withdraw from conflict or ignore it altogether. In this case, you're not asserting your own needs and you're not concerning yourself with the needs of others. In the lower right quadrant, we find the forcing style, which is where you force your needs onto the other by taking an aggressive stance. And basically you're, you're asserting your own needs very strongly here, but you're not concerned with the needs of others. In the top left quadrant, we find a yielding style where you give in to the needs of the others for the sake of maintaining harmony. So you don't assert your own needs there, but you are very concerned with the needs of others. And the top right quadrant, we find the integration style or the problem solving style which is where we seek to resolve conflict in a way that needs the needs of both, both parties. In the middle of the dual concern model for conflict, we find the compromising style. And this is the style where we give everyone a part of what they need, but not enough to make them truly happy. So basically you're asserting your own needs to some extent, and you're concerned with the needs of others to some extent, but not fully as what happens in the integration or problem solving style in the top right of the model. Now there's a nice visualization for this model in the post that is accompanying this episode. So if you're interested in that, please check out the original blog post. Which style is the best one? 
Now, I can imagine that while listening to the styles, you're also reflecting on yourself and how you deal with conflict. That's at least what I did while writing the episode and preparing it. Now, scientific research has shown that integration or problem solving, which is the top right quadrant, is the most effective way to navigate conflict in the majority of situations. Because this style takes the needs of all parties into account, it has the highest chance of resulting in gains for everyone. But more importantly, this style builds the skills, the trust and the environment where further conflict can be navigated more effectively. Research shows that groups and individuals using this style experience less stressful conflicts afterward. Contrary, the other styles tend to result in degradation of trust, safety and an environment where future conflict is amplified. How can liberating structures help? Now before diving into this question, I want to make a short disclaimer that up to this point we've relied very clearly on scientific research. However, there's no scientific research yet that helps us show if liberating structures themselves help create a more integrative style of conflict navigation. However, our experience and the experience of the people that are using it in those situations is that it does help. And that in itself is not scientific evidence, but I think it's an interesting perspective to take. And it's also why we're including this in this episode. So it's an, just a disclaimer to keep in mind. So if an integrative or problem solving style is preferable, what can you do to make that possible for yourself or in your own team? We strongly believe that among other approaches, liberating structures can help create an environment where people can express both their own needs and listen to the needs of others. Here are some suggestions. The first is the liberating structure Hurt Scene Respected, which is all about building empathy and understanding for others when it comes to unmet social needs. It is a great structure to help teams build the skills they need to actively listen to others, as well as express where their social needs were unmet in the past. Another option is Integrated Autonomy, this is a liberating structure to help groups find solutions that allow both sides to gain instead of just one or none at all. So this is really about that integration. A third option is to use TRIS, a liberating structure to help teams playfully identify all the things they can do to guarantee that they won't be able to navigate conflicts in such a way that everyone gains and then identify what it is that they may already be doing that is going in that direction. And finally, an example is the liberating structure, what I need from you. This is a liberating structure where people clearly express the needs they have from others. These could be social needs or other needs and then receive a clear response. Although this may be difficult process and we've always found it very tense when you're really doing this with groups, the clarity it creates builds both the trust and understanding. It's very powerful. Let's move to some closing words. In this episode, we talked about different conflict styles and what science has to say about it. The conclusion or the overwhelming evidence that we have right now is that the integrative style or the problem solving style is the most effective style for navigating conflicts in most situations. In this conflict style, people and groups look for the needs of others, but also for their own needs. And they try to find a solution that basically gives both parties what they need from the other. Now, if you want to learn more about how to develop an integrative style for navigating conflict, there is the option to join a one-day workshop that we're hosting in Amsterdam on October 27 this year. 
We're hosting this workshop together with the amazing Karen Dawson and Julie Hoffaker. They're coming over from Canada and the United States, and they're both very experienced conflict navigators. And it's been our pleasure to offer a similar workshop last year, and that was just amazing. It's a really good way to practice with different conflict styles, but also to see how they affect others. And obviously, we'll be, we'll be making extensive use of liberating structures to allow you to share your own experiences, but also to learn from others, while also building effective and practical strategies to help navigate conflict together in your team. Go check it out. There's a link in the show notes. And that brings us to the end of this episode. I really hope you learned something new about conflict navigation and how to deal with conflict more productively. I also hope this episode gave you some opportunity to reflect on your own style and the style of the people in your team. For myself, a discovery when I learned about this model is that I tend to compromise. And that means that I'm basically giving everyone, including myself, a little of what I need but not everything. And what happens in that case is that it may feel like a solution at that moment, but a few weeks or months down the road, the conflict is still there because the needs of myself or the needs of others or both are still not entirely met. So we then actually do have to use the integrating style to come up with a more coherent and cohesive solution that makes both of us happy or the other people that I'm in conflict with. So this is something that you can use it's a model that's helpful to learn about conflict and to help yourself and teams be more effective with it. Thank you for listening. And if you like this episode, please give it a thumbs up or give it a star or rate it on the platform that you're listening on. And also consider becoming a patron if you like our content. If you want to support us in making more of it, I'll put a link to our Patreon account in the show notes so you can check it out. Thanks for listening. Have a great day and see you again next time.